And we're back. It is Mile High Magazine, and I am Murphy Houston. Hope you're having a great Sunday and enjoying the family and staying safe and wearing your mask in the separation, getting shots one time at a time. It's all good. And today we're very excited to have Dr. Terry Schreiner on, who is the Assistant Professor of Neurology at CU School of Medicine, Department of Neurology. It's MS Awareness Month, and it's uh, a lot of information we need to know. And Dr. Schreiner, how are you today? Thank you, Murphy. I'm doing great. So happy to be here today and to talk about MS Awareness Month, one of my favorite topics. Well, I bet it is because you're really good at what you do. I've read all the notes about you and uh, congratulations. And I know you see a lot of pediatric neurology patients over at Children's Hospital, but let, let's kind of back up and talk about MS and people know of MS, but what is it really? Well, multiple sclerosis means multiple scars, and that's what we see on the MRI is multiple scars, areas in which the immune system has attacked the brain or the spinal cord. So what I tell my patients is, you know, I'm a neurologist. I am taking care of your brain, your spinal cord, your nerves. But multiple sclerosis is actually a disease of the immune system in which the immune system gets confused. And instead of fighting invaders like viruses and bacteria to keep us healthy, it erroneously, mistakenly attacks our brain and spinal cord and creates these scars that we see on the MRI and uh, of the brain and the spinal cord. And unfortunately, what we see in our patients is that depending on where those scars are, our patients may have problems with the area, um, with the, the function that that brain um, uh, is responsible for. So for example, weakness in one limb or one side of the body, difficulty seeing from one or both eyes, um, difficulty sensing cold and temperatures, vibration, difficulty with coordinating movement. And multiple sclerosis can create some things that we can't see as well either. Things like fatigue and difficulty thinking, um, pain, depression, anxiety, these are all things that multiple sclerosis can do and that we are dedicated to treating at the Rocky Mountain MS Center. Uh, and talk a little bit about the Rocky Mountain MS Center. What do you provide there? What are the services so people have an idea of what's going on? Well, the Rocky Mountain MS Center is a pretty cool partnership between our nonprofit organization called the Rocky Mountain MS Center, which provides education and services to patient and family members with multiple sclerosis, clinical and research side, also called Rocky Mountain MS Center, which takes place, which is in partnership with the University of Colorado on the Anschutz Medical Campus. So it sounds like you're pretty active over there. We're pretty busy. That's yeah. true. We have um, we see about four thousand um, patients at the Rocky Mountain Med, uh, MS Center clinic. Um, we have thirty research trials going at any time, and they are trials of new MS medications, new MS symptomatic treatments, and other um, trials going on in the lab trying to better understand the biology of multiple sclerosis. It sounds like a bit of a challenge, and there's no real cure or remedy for it, is there? Right. We don't have a cure for multiple sclerosis yet, but we are so happy to be able to offer very effective treatments that can control the disease once it is diagnosed. 
And that's an important point is that oftentimes people come to diagnosis late after there's already been accumulation of scars of disease activity. So one of the things that we're dedicated to do at the Rocky Mountain MS Center is to try and diagnose it as early as possible so that we can initiate treatment, which we know will affect a patient's uh, like lifelong um, capability and brain health. Well, and so in other words, it's like a lot of other health problems, early diagnosis is so important. So mm-hmm. what are the early symptoms and what are your first steps? Do you see your local physician first or is it something else? Well, you know, it can be a variety of different things, including some things that are really sort of hard to pinpoint, like fatigue, difficulty concentrating. Sometimes it's a, a transient, a short-lived neurologic problem like numbness or weakness. Um, but we we look um, specifically to a patient's experience to help guide us. And we do research to help us to know what should we be paying attention to early on that will help us get to that earlier diagnosis. So for example, one of the studies that we're doing is looking at first degree relatives of patients with MS. So these are siblings and children of patients with already diagnosed multiple sclerosis. We look and study these first-degree relatives because we know they're at increased risk of MS. They may never in their life develop it, but we, we know they're at increased risk so we can study some of the genetic and environmental factors that may be at play to help us better understand those very, very early stages of MS and to diagnose people at the earliest possible time. So would you see your first doctor? I mean, a lot of people have symptoms or and don't know it's MS, and they think, oh, maybe I'm just getting old. I've heard that before, mm-hmm. and it's probably yep. not that. So the first step is to see your your doctor. Absolutely. I think if you're having symptoms and they're unexplained um, by, um, you know, <laughs> other disorders, I think the first thing to do is absolutely see your primary care provider who will assess you, you know, in a comprehensive manner, maybe check some blood work, um, do a physical exam, and then determine whether or not um, you would need to see a neurologist for further evaluation. And I guess I'm really curious, by the way, we're talking with Dr. Terry Schreiner, Assistant Professor of Neurology at the CU School of Medicine, the Department of Neurology. You deal with a lot of children. So is there Mm -hmm. at any age, specific age, MS occurs? It could be any age. Well, it could be any age. Most people are diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in their 20s and 30s. But somewhere between 2 and 5% of all people with multiple sclerosis present when they're less than 18 years old. And this is my specialty, the pediatric onset multiple sclerosis. And this is, this is difficult because this is uncommon, and it oftentimes can go missed until it presents with something that really you can't ignore, like weakness on one side of the body or, or vision loss. And so most of the patients that I see less than 18 years old are, in fact, teenagers, um, and they can present similarly to adults. But it is possible to develop MS even in a prepubertal child. I recently diagnosed someone who was 10. And so, yeah, so it's really important, particularly in this youngest population, to diagnose them quickly and initiate treatment to halt the disease 
because we know at this point they're going to have it their whole life and we want to minimize the impact that this disease has on their trajectory. Wouldn't it be tragic if somebody chose a different profession than the one they wanted because they were afraid that MS would would affect them? My My goal is to really keep kids on their trajectory and, you know, able to engage in everything they want to and, and, and meet those aspirations. Well, and how shocking for parents to discover a young child to have MS in their home. And why would they even have that checked? Unless, of course, it started, as you mentioned earlier, by seeing their pediatrician. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, most parents wouldn't and and to some extent probably shouldn't anticipate this every time there is a you know, concern for, you know, a milder symptom, fatigue or difficulty with memory. But when it presents unequivocally with a focal neurologic deficit, and by that I mean weakness on one side of the body, numbness, difficulty walking, then really it becomes, um, you know, something that warrants further evaluation. And these patients do oftentimes present to Children's Hospital Colorado. I'll see them there in the hospital. And then the MRI and the clinical history helps us to make the diagnosis. And I will say it's, it's, um, it's a really tough diagnosis on the whole family. You can imagine oh. as a child getting a chronic disease is devastating and, and frightening to them. It can be frightening to the siblings. And oftentimes the parents are dealing with their own um, worries about their, their child and what this might mean for them in the future. So. At Children's Hospital Colorado, we provide multidisciplinary care. That means um, I see them as a neurologist. We have a neuropsychologist who helps with the cognitive piece. We have a psychologist who helps to address all of those social-emotional aspects of disease. And so we really try to provide comprehensive care, not only to the patient, but the whole family. Well, and and if the child gets it, it doesn't mean necessarily if you have other children, they're going to get it as well, does it? But it probably does scare them. I think it's very scary, but it is a vast minority of families that have more than one affected family member. And that's important to remember because it is really scary when a child gets diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And that would go with any age. I mean, if they got it at their 20s or 30s and they had siblings, doesn't mean they're going to get it too at that age. Right. There's no, um, we know that they're at increased risk of developing multiple sclerosis, but there's far from any guarantee that they would be affected by it. So are we saying this is kind of a genetic thing that runs in a family? Well, we know that um, the there is a genetic component because we see that first-degree family members are at increased risk of developing multiple sclerosis. But we know there is a large environmental component as well. And by that, I mean we look at risk factors. We study, um, you know, people who have multiple sclerosis to try and understand what the risk factors for development of the disease were. And we know certain things like um, uh, Epstein-Barr virus infection, the mono infection in childhood. We know childhood obesity, growing up in a home with smoke. All of these are risk factors for developing the disease, and that gives us a clue that there's a strong environmental component to triggering the disease. Well, um, but we truthfully don't know exactly what causes that. Crazy. And like so many other questions and wonders, with COVID-19, does that play an effect 
with uh, patients that have MS, or does it make people think they might have MS? Well, you know, I think that's a great question. Obviously, we think about COVID-19 from all aspects of care for our patients. Um, We know that MS is not... um, infectious. And so um, so there's that reassurance. We know that among patients with MS, um, their infection with COVID can be different. So different depending on what medicine we are using to treat their multiple sclerosis. So we do a lot of counseling for our patients around what their risk of COVID is relative to the medicine that they are on. And this can influence behavior. We should all be wearing masks, of course, all be social distancing. Um, But there's particular importance depending on what medicine they're on to treat their MS because medicines to treat MS do change the way the immune system functions. Well, and can they get vaccines for the COVID? Yes. Great question. Yes, the answer is yes. We recommend all of our patients get vaccinated. We know that some of the medicines that we use to treat MS may weaken the immune response to the vaccine, but it's still way better to get vaccinated than not, even if you are on one of these medicines. So there are certain timeframes that we recommend, you know, doing a vaccination um, prior four weeks prior to an infusion, if they're on an infusible medicine, or so many weeks after. And those specifics can be discussed with um, with the patient's neurologist. But, um, but we definitely recommend vaccination against COVID. Good news there. And, and quickly, a little uh, more information about the Rocky Mountain MS Center, the nonprofit edition of this. How does it work? Can parents reach out for information and help if they have a situation in their family? Absolutely. Parents, patients, family members can absolutely reach out. Our mission is to improve the quality of life of individuals and their families living with MS. Um, And so we really do, again, take a comprehensive look at not only the patient and what their needs may be, but the family as well. So we provide educational services through webinars, through emails, through educational sessions. We have one coming up in the next few weeks um, to address many different aspects of of neurologic care. We provide services throughout the year. One of them in particular is called MS 101. This is a, you know, really nuts and bolts discussion of what MS is for the newly diagnosed patient or their family member, because it really supplements what we're able to do in clinic during a a clinic visit. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And we we reach out every, well, we reach out all year long to make people aware of what we do. But really during March, MS Awareness Month, we we extend our outreach to really try and bring understanding of what MS is and and how people can help. Because with 10,000 people living in Colorado with MS, chances are very good that everyone listening to this program knows somebody with MS, whether or not they know that they have MS. Well, they can get that information. There's a website you can share with us? Yes, mscenter.org is our website. And we can also be found on social media, searching for Rocky Mountain MS Center on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Well, Dr. Terry Schreiner, keep up the good work. I love your enthusiasm. And you're helping a lot of people. And I appreciate your time today on Mile High Magazine. 
Thank you, Murphy. Thank you for this opportunity. Well, it's good to get that information out, and hopefully you guys can uh, use that and give it to family members that might need the help. And this is Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston, and we'll be right back.